and welcome back to Kids Story Room. Today's story is a longish one, maybe for a long car trip or a good one for nodding off to sleep too. This story is dedicated to Sebby and Gwyn and Lillian, who have been waiting ages for this one. Enjoy. Locker Bocker G Kissy Bomb Bomb by Anna Steen. The school holidays were tomorrow. Seb and Gwynny were going camping on Kangaroo Island and they were properly excited. They were also very busy preparing all the things they needed to take with them to have a good camping trip. So as soon as they got back from school, Seb and Gwyn and their mum and dad began to hurry and scurry about the place, gathering up their gumboots and rain jackets, boxes of food and sleeping bags, tents, firewood, marshmallows, gloves and beanies, chocolate, sunglasses, lanterns, toys, torches, sun hats, sunscreen, bathers, umbrellas and thongs. Because, of course, you never knew what the weather might be like and it was always good to be prepared. As the family darted back and forth between the house and the car, chatting and yelling out, singing and quite often just talking to themselves about who put what where and why were they putting that there and where was this and where was that, there was something else observing and listening to them. Something they had no idea was watching. This something was their house. Now their house had a name. It's so long we'll keep it short for the sake of this story, but their house's full name is Locker Bocker G Kissy Bom Bom. But we'll just call her Locker. Locker has been this family's house for a very long time, and for a very long time Locker has watched over and protected and loved her family. And every time her family goes away on a holiday, Locker gets lonely and misses them terribly. Now Locker's family, as I said, didn't know this, of course. They had no idea that Locker was, well, alive in her own way. I mean, they loved her very, very much, and they always said hello and goodbye when they were coming or going. But what they didn't know was that Locker said hello and goodbye too. They hadn't yet been able to hear her, for she was very shy and quiet. Now today, as her family drove out of the driveway, all smiles and cheery waves out of the window to her, chattering about their upcoming adventure to Kangaroo Island, Locker waved goodbye, a gentle billow of a kitchen window curtain, and a tear, a trickle leak along the outside downpipe, rolled from her heart. Locker watched the tail lights of the car now housing her family disappear down the road, and the usual loneliness enveloped her. Locker stared out into the day. It was bright, the sun bouncing off the sand dunes before her, the sky blue as blue could be, and the sea ahead bottle green and still as a lake. It was so clear that Locker could even see the faint outline of Kangaroo Island lifting up out of the water beyond the Cape. Locker couldn't bear it. She simply couldn't sit there for one more holiday, all by herself waiting and waiting for them to come home. And so she did something she had never, ever done before. Something she didn't even know that she could do. 
she stretched, she groaned, she shuddered and moaned, her walls creaked and crinked, her roof dipped and dinked, her windows cracked and shattered, which was unfortunate, but it was quite nice for Locker to breathe big gulps of fresh air, and her stilts, which for twenty years had reached down deep into the sand on which the house was built, just like legs, they bent and twisted and pulled bit by bit by bit until they released themselves from the sand with a slightly scary tearing sound and lifted Locker high up into the air. Well, higher into the air than she had been before because as a house on stilts, she'd always been up in the air a little bit. Locker Bokajee couldn't really believe what was happening. She looked down at her long, stilty legs, now just digging into the sand a weeny bit. She bent her stilty legs, stretched them, leant from side to side on them. She even picked up one at a time and practised balancing on them. All good. Those stilts were working like proper legs and she just perched, as always, pretty comfortably on top. Locker smiled. As she swayed back and forth, the drawn curtains all slid open along their rails, leaving a big beaming line of open, now glass-free, windows. And then Locker did something else that shocked her enormously. She whooped. A loud, happy, whoopy, excited yell. It just burst forth out of her and she froze for a moment in surprise. Locker had always known that she could talk, if she had wanted to, but she had always been just too shy to let the sound out. Now she was free to move and wasn't worried about scaring her family, as they had left on holidays, she felt free to make noise as well. There weren't any neighbours nearby, so she didn't need to worry about freaking them out. So Locker whooped away shook herself free of the broken glass that had fallen from the windows when she first began moving, stretched her legs and said to herself, Right, Locker Bokajee, what now? Locker looked out to sea toward Kangaroo Island. Her family must be about to get on the ferry to go over there just about now. If I hurry, said Locker to herself, I just might be able to get to them before nightfall. I'm all made of wood, so I don't see why I can't just walk out to sea and float over. I can paddle with my legs. And with that decision made, Locker began to walk. Now, of course, Locker had never, ever, ever walked before. She had only ever stood very still on her stilts for 20 years, since the day when she was built. So walking was a very new and strange experience. Also, Locker had 12 stilty legs instead of the usual two or four, so that was tricky, getting all 12 of them to work together all at once. At first, the stilts didn't do any such thing. Two of them tried to go one way, whilst three tried to move another, and the other four refused to move at all. Locker simply swayed about this way and that and didn't get to moving very far at all. Eventually, after many minutes of what can only be described as stilt chaos, Locker managed to get all 12 of her legs working together. And off they set, 
Locker, the little house that could, and all of her legs walking carefully across the sand dunes and toward the sea. Her orange and yellow checkered curtains fluttering and flapping outside her open windows, the furniture sliding a little bit this way and that. But Locker really did a very excellent job of keeping her floor, or bottom, nice and even, even though her long stilty legs were bending quite precariously all over the place. Eventually, Locker made it over the dunes and across the flat sandy beach, much easier than wobbling across the dunes, to the water. Without a moment's hesitation, Locker walked straight out, the water tickling and inching up her stilts, up and up as she walked out and out. Locker's stilts were about three metres high now that they were out of the ground, so she had to lope out a fair way. The water was cold and delicious on her legs a sensation she had never experienced. She loved it. She felt alive and fresh and adventurous. And when she had finally got deep enough for her belly to touch the surface of the sea, she let out a great sigh of deliciousness, pushed off the bottom with her now very coordinated 12 legs and began to float out onto the bottle green, still calm sea. Locker swivelled the front of herself the wall of smiling windows in the direction of Kangaroo Island and kicked away with her legs. It's quite extraordinary that one of her legs hadn't already snapped off in the effort to remove themselves from the sand and carry her over the dunes and out to sea, but Locker was very well built and her legs were proving to be really very excellent at doing all sorts of things. So it's no surprise really that they, the twelve of them, started kicking in a lovely, graceful, synchronised way and began propelling Locker toward the island at great speed. If there had been anybody strolling along the beach, they might have peered out to sea and thought, what a strange-looking boat. But Locker had no care for anything except the blissful feeling of cruising along on top of the sea and the exciting thought that soon she would be on Kangaroo Island and be reunited with her family. After a lovely long swim, watching the island get closer and bigger and closer and bigger, Locker felt her legs come aground not far from a lovely white sandy beach. And mustering up all her energy, she pulled herself across the water until she finally stepped up onto the dry sand. Her legs, which had been used to swimming for so long, forgot about how to do the walking bit for a moment and there was quite a lot of teetering and wobbling until they remembered how to do it and stood steady finally. Locker called out to her legs, Good work, legs. Let's just have a little rest here for a moment while I have a think about which way we should go. And her legs exhaustedly obliged and stood very, very still. Locker looked around her. She was standing on a small white sandy cove and curving around the cove was an arc of very steep green hills. Locker looked up and said to herself, How the stilting Wattentot am I going to get up there? Well, you could fly, came a voice from somewhere nearby. Now Locker, being a house, 
couldn't just twist her neck to see who was talking. She had to swivel her wobbly downpipe, which was the best place for her to see things from. So she swivelled the downpipe a little, and her eye landed upon a family of four pelicans standing next to her on the beach. Oh, hello, said Locker. I didn't see you there. What you doing? asked one of the pelicans. I'm looking for my family. They're camping here somewhere and I wanted to come too. Ah, camping, huh? It's a big island. You'll have to look pretty hard. Do you know whereabouts they are? Um, Anti-Chamber Bay, I think they said. What? Anti-Chamber Bay? That's miles away, on the other side of the island. You'll be walking for days. Actually, can you walk very far? You look like a house. Houses don't usually walk at all. But we saw you walking out of the sea over there, so you obviously can. So unusual. Yes, I can walk and talk. I am a walking, talking house. Though I've only just discovered that. I'm quite new to it all. And yes, I can walk far, I think. But looking at those steep hills, I'm not sure I can walk up those. What about this for an idea? said another of the pelicans. We'll climb up on your veranda, cause it looks like a mighty nice veranda. A good spot to sit for a while and just relax. And you go back out to sea and we'll guide you all the way around the other side to Antichamber Bay. It's the quickest way and you're obviously an excellent swimmer. How does that sound for a lark? That sounds great for a lark. Thank you, pelicans. My name is Lockabockajee Kissy Bombom. Right, Bombom, we are Gary, Louise, Brian and Marg. Nice to meet you. And you? Thanks for helping me. Ah, no sweat, Bom-Bom. Righto, let's away. And the four pelicans flew up onto the veranda and settled themselves comfortably on the wooden deck. And Locker loped back out to sea and pushed herself off the shore and began swimming once more. Swim right, called out Gary, the biggest pelican. I would have said left, said Louise. Nah, right's quicker chimed in Brian. But right will take us through the fairy channel where all the people are. I reckon that's not the way to do this somehow, said Marg, the littlest and the smartest. Oh, crikey, you're right, said Gary. Marg is right, Bom-Bom. It's left. Locker was confused. Sorry, I don't get it. Which way? Left, swim left, chorused the pelicans. And Locker turned her frame left and began kicking her legs through the water once more. They swam for a long time. The island really was rather large and Locker felt very grateful to the family of pelicans sitting on her deck. Without them, she wouldn't have had a chance to find her family. And as they pointed out, there were places on the island where lots of people lived and a walking, talking house wasn't a usual thing to see and it was probably best if they tried not to freak anyone out. Locker and the pelicans swam all afternoon long. They met seals and penguins, dolphins 
and they even saw a great white shark who was looking for seals. Luckily for these seals, Locker's size scared off the great white and he swam away out to the deep water. The pelican slid off the veranda into the water after a fish or two along the way, then brought their catch back onto the deck to feast on. The pelicans were very happy. Around the back of the island it was open ocean and the swell was pretty big, but it still wasn't too rough or windy luckily, and Locker just kept pushing on through the waves. After many hours, and as the sun was beginning its drift down beyond the horizon, Brian called out to Locker. Hey, Bom-Bom, how about we turn in for the night? We won't get to Antichamber Bay tonight. Let's go ashore, get some rest and head out again in the morning. Then we should be able to get there sometime tomorrow. What do you reckon? Locker was tired. Her legs were aching from the long swim and a little rest on the shore sounded perfectly excellent to her. She felt a little sad that she wouldn't make it to her family by nightfall, but she was enjoying the pelican's company, and she did need to sleep. So the house and its pelicans drifted into shore near a bushy clearing. It was a still warm dusk, the sun had set behind the line of sea, and a few twinkling stars were beginning to peer out of the sky, winking away at them as the house and the pelicans rested on the shore. As Locker and the pelicans said goodnight to each other, they heard a little rustle in the bushes nearby. Locker swivelled her downpipe to see what was out there in the gathering darkness. Hello? Locker called. Is anyone there? Help! came a little cry from the bush. Please help! Where are you? called out Locker as the four pelicans waddled to the edge of the veranda and peered out into the night. I'm stuck in the fence! Please help! I'll go, said Gary, and he leapt off the deck and began wandering out into the bushes. The other three pelicans followed him. Locker swivelled her wobbly downpipe and peered out toward the voice. She could faintly see what looked like a white blonde ball of spikes sticking out of the ground. Gary, Louise, Brian, Mark, a little to your left, called out Locker. I think I can see something. The pelicans parted the bushes near an old broken and wire-tangled fence to reveal a little blonde echidna tangled in the wires. Hold on there, little fella, said Louise. We'll get you out. And the four pelicans each took a piece of wire in their beaks and waddled and ducked this way and that until they had untangled it from the echidna's spikes and she was free at last. Oh, thank you so much, said the echidna. I thought I might be stuck there forever. My name's Spike. You don't say, said Gary. Good to meet you, Spike. I'm Gary. This is Louise and Brian and Marg. And that house over there is Bom Bom. You can just call me Locker, said Locker. Nice to meet you, Spike. I'm glad we could help. Wow, I've never met a walking, talking house before, said Spike. Where have you come from? Over the water. I'm here to go on holiday with my family. They're camping at Antichamber Bay. Oh, I have cousins at Antichamber Bay. Would you mind awfully much if I came with you? Asked Spike hesitantly. Of course, said Locker. You're welcome. The more the merrier. But we're not leaving until the morning. 
Oh, that's okay. I'll just rummage around and eat some ants until morning. Well, when the sun comes up, Spike, climb up onto this veranda here and we'll set off, said Gary. Just steer clear of the fence, eh? I will, squeaked Spike, and she snuffled off under the bushes. The pelicans all climbed up onto the veranda rail, tucked their beaks under their enormous wings and went straight off to sleep. Locker yawned, her curtains flapping gently outside her windows, and fell asleep too. During the night, it was not only Spike that was snuffling around in the bushes. Lots of the animals on Kangaroo Island are nocturnal and like to move about at night. This night was very peaceful, only a slight breeze, warm and with a nearly full moon. The moon threw a beautiful soft white light across the bush, illuminating all the busy creatures that were out and about looking for food or just having a good old chat. Now word had got around the island fairly quickly amongst the animal folk of a strange walking talking house that was looking for its family. And this night, whilst the house was sleeping, many curious animals came to have a look at this unusual house. When Locker awoke at dawn, due to the rabble the pelicans were making, she swivelled her downpipe to see not just Spike the echidna sitting patiently in one corner whilst the pelicans guffawed, fluffed and stretched and squawked, but also on the veranda was a rather large kangaroo and a small fluffy koala. Good morning, said Locker to the new arrivals. Good morning, said the kangaroo. My name is Steve and I was wondering if I might hitch a ride with you to Antichamber Bay. The word in the bush is that that's where you're heading and I have a meeting to get to today and I think this might be the quickest way. You what? cried out Gary the pelican. The quickest way? You've got to be joking. You're a roommate. You can go as fast as a car. Not right now, I can't, said Steve. I got hit by a car trying to race it and my leg is not so good. And Steve tried to lift his left leg, showing it was all battered and bruised. Of course you can come with us, said Locker. I'm so sorry that you're hurt. Ah, she'll be right, said Steve. It ain't the first time. I'll just need a couple of days off the hops and I'll be boing-boing again in no time. I was lucky, really. It was a well-fast car. But thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Steve took a curious look at the pelicans still jostling about for the best spot on the veranda railing. What are you lot coming for? he asked them. You could fly there in a jiff, could you not? Sure, said Louise, but we like it here. And Bomb-Bomb is real good company. Isn't that right, team? Sure is, said Gary. Bomb-Bomb is the best, followed up Brian. Best holiday ever, said Marg. My name is actually Locker-Bocker-Gee-Kissy-Bomb-Bomb, said Locker to Steve, but mostly I just get called Locker. Or Bomb-Bomb, chorused the pelicans. Locker-Bomb-Bomb it is, said Steve. Now Locker-Bomb-Bomb. Do you think you'd have room for one more? He said, indicating the little quiet koala sitting next to him. This here is Macy and she's a little bit lost. Her family went one way one night and she went another and now she can't find them. 
I told her lots of koalas live at Antichamber Bay, so maybe she could come with us and see if they're there. That all right with you, Locker Bomb Bomb? Of course. Welcome, Macy. I'm looking for my family too. Let's go and see if we can find them. Thank you, Locker Bomb, said Macy very quietly, and she crawled over and sat down next to Spike. And so it was that Locker, with four pelicans, an echidna, a kangaroo and a koala, set back off out to sea to swim the rest of the way around Kangaroo Island to Antichamber Bay. Locker enjoyed the company. As she swam through the cool blue sea, the animals chattered amongst themselves. Whenever the pelicans splashed off and caught a fish, Spike, Steve and Macy cheered, which made the pelicans show off and catch even more, and by lunchtime they were full up and had to lie down on their sides on the deck to digest. Not long now, Bom-Bom, gasped Gary and nodded straight off to sleep. By mid-afternoon, the animals on the deck were all snoozing, and Locker, after swimming around the edge of a long rocky outcrop, saw ahead of her a long expanse of sandy white beach. It was very beautiful and very long. If this was Antichamber Bay... How on earth would she find her family here? It was huge. Locker reached one of her orange and yellow checkered curtains out of the window and tickled the sleeping pelicans with it. They awoke immediately, squabbling at each other as if it was everyone's fault. That was me, said Locker loudly to stop them arguing. I wanted to ask you if we're here. Yes, this is it. This is Auntie Chamber Bay, cried out Louise. Isn't it beautiful, said Brian. Top of the pops, agreed Gary. Special, said Marg. Yes, it is lovely, said Locker. The sand is so white and the water is so clear. It's a very long beach, though. Where do you think my family could be? Oh, they could be anywhere, yawned Steve, waking up. Anywhere at all. Well, that doesn't help me much said Locker forlornly. Ah, Locker Bomb Bomb, don't you worry, said Steve. It's a beautiful day. This is a beautiful bay. Yeah, I'm a poet, and I know it. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, let's just enjoy ourselves while we're here, yeah? Live it up, I say. Locker sighed and tried to do as Steve suggested. It really was a very beautiful day. The sun was warming her all up, from her bathroom to her bedrooms, and she was very much enjoying the company of her new friends. Locker smiled, her row of windows letting all the sunshine in, and decided to just enjoy herself. They would find her family when the time was right. Locker paddled into shore and waded up onto the beach. She thought perhaps by walking along the beach they all might be able to see into the bush more easily. And just as Locker started stilty walking across the sand, Spike called out, Hey, Bomb Bomb, thanks for saving me and for having me. I've really enjoyed the trip, but here is where I get off. I can see my cousin's burrow from here. Oh, OK, Spike. You're welcome. It was good to have you. I'll stop so you can get off, replied Locker. No need, called out Spike. This is how I roll and the echidna curled up into a ball and literally rolled herself off the veranda and went flying through the air until she landed on the sand, rolled a little further, and when she unravelled, she waggled her spikes in the direction of the walking-talking house and then scuttled off into the bushes at the edge of the sand, 
Well, that was cool, said Steve. Really cool, whispered Macy, and crawled over and snuggled up next to the squatting pelicans. Who are you looking for? She asked the pelicans quietly. Us? No one, said Gary. We were just showing Bomb Bomb where Antichamber Bay was, said Louise. And we're here, said Brian. Does that mean we've got to go? asked Marg. Hey, Bomb Bomb, now we are here, do we got to go? asked Gary. No, you don't have to go, said Locker. You're welcome to stay. Like forever? asked Brian. Stay forever? replied Locker. Yeah, for keeps, said Marg. We reckon we'd like to stay for keeps, Bomb Bomb. If you'll have us, we promise not to poop on the deck or the roof or down the windows. I'd love you to stay, said Locker, smiling. As long as my family agree, I'd love to have you for keeps, as you say. Booyah in the hooyah, said Gary. You got yourself some tenants. Thanks, Bomb Bomb. You're the best house on the beach. I'm the only house on the beach, replied Locker. Yeah, that too, said Brian. Hey, hate to break up the party, but I got a split from here, holiday makers. My gathering's not far from here. I reckon I can limp it. I can take you there, offered Locker. I don't mind a detour. No, you're right, said Steve. I mean, thanks for the offer. You're a real kind house, that's for sure. But I reckon a walk and talk and house might scare off the rest of the mob and I ain't got it in me for a chase. So if you stop for a sec, I'll climb off and get going. But hey, Macy, you want to come with? I can put you on me back and we can ask around after your fam bam. We'll find them, don't you worry. Word travels fast in the bush. Oh, yes, please, Steve, said Macy. I would like to come. I do want to find my family soon. I miss them. Righto, bubs. Up your climb. And so as Locker stopped striding along the beach and came to a halt, Macy climbed up on Steve's back and he hobbled off the edge of the veranda and onto the beach. Fair thanks, old Locker Bum Bum. You've been right kind. Maybe see you next time you come over here. Thanks, Locker, said Macy. If we meet again... I'll introduce you to my family, if we find them, she said sadly. When we find them, Macy, when, not if. Now come on, you little lug, let's go gather. And the kangaroo with the koala on his back limp-hopped away into the bushes. Do you think they'll find Macy's family? asked Locker. Oh, yeah, said Gary. Like Steve said, word travels fast in the bush. And there's plenty of kangaroos who'd be happy to do a pouch drop-off when they find where they are. I mean, it's a big island, sure, but it's not so bad when you know where you're going. Why do you want to leave the island? asked Locker. I mean, it's beautiful here. Sure, but we like you, said Louise. You're a nice house and you live by the sea and you've got a good veranda. And it's only a short flight if we want to come back and visit. So it's a win-win, confirmed Brian. As long as your family like us, added Marg, 
who was the most sensitive of the four. I have a feeling they will, said Locker, but we need to find them first. Let's keep going. And Locker started her journey down the beach again, keeping her downpipe eye peeled for signs of her family. They clomped along the white sandy beach for a long time. It was a lovely walk. The sand was hard and even, the sun warm and gentle, the sea tenderly lapping at the edges of Locker's stilts as they walked. The pelicans were quiet, just enjoying the sunshine and the view. Until suddenly Marg squawked, Over there! What's that over there? Locker looked in the direction of Marg's pointing wing and saw, in the distance, away through the bushes, a group of people. Locker looked closer. They seemed to be packing things into a car. The car? Yes, it was her family's car. And that and that girl running back and forth between the trees? It was Gwynny. And the boy, climbing on the roof of the car, tying a tarpaulin down? It was Seb. And their mum and dad were putting boxes into the boot. Is that them? asked Brian. Is that your family, Bom-Bom? Yes, said Locker. Yes, it is, but... but... They're packing up, said Louise. They're leaving. Well, let's get a move on, said Gary. Come on, you lot, let's go. And as Locker hurried her loping pace along the beach, the pelicans launched themselves from the balcony and flew toward Locker's family. The pelicans moved as quickly as they could. Pelicans are very fast once they get going, but they have such big wide wings that they can be a little slow on the takeoff. And by the time they got to Locker's family, they had already climbed inside their car and started the engine. Gary landed on the roof of the car just as they put it into gear and started driving. This caused Gary to teeter and stumble off the roof. Louise, Brian and Marg stopped just short of the car and watched as it drove off. Locker called out as loud as she could, Stop! Wait! It's me! Your house! But inside the car, they didn't hear her. Inside the car, both Seb and Gwynny heard Gary land on the roof as their mum pulled out from under the tree where they had been parked. The two of them turned around in their seats to look behind them. What they saw was four pelicans waddling along the ground after them, and in the distance, along the beach, they could have sworn they saw their house, walking, even almost running, after them. Mum, Dad, Seb and Gwyn cried out, stop the car, look, behind us, our house is on the beach, and there's four pelicans chasing us. Ha ha, said their dad, you two have wild imaginations. No, seriously, stop the car. We can't stop, darlings. Mum said, we have to get to the other side of the island by nightfall for our next camping stop. We must get going. But as she began driving away up the dirt road, their mum looked in the rear vision mirror and saw the four pelicans and a little house in the distance that did indeed look very much like theirs and did strangely look like it was walking along the beach. Their mum just shrugged it off. Wow, you two, you're right. There are four pelicans behind us. Must have wanted our lunch scraps. And the house? Did you see the house? Yes, said Mum. There must have been a holiday shack on the beach that we didn't spot before. 
It was moving. The house was moving, said Seb. I think it's just the car that's moving, sweetheart. Makes it look like other things are moving too. Couldn't be the house. Houses don't walk, I'm afraid. At that, their dad took a peek in the rear vision mirror too. He saw the pelicans and the house too, but Locker had stopped running. She was exhausted and stopped and watched sadly as the tail lights of her family's car disappeared along the road. Their dad saw a stationary house behind them, a long way down the beach. Well, I can certainly see the pelicans and a house, but the house isn't moving. Curious, though. I didn't notice a house anywhere near us yesterday. It's our house, said Seb. It's Locker. I'm sure of it. Wouldn't that be funny, said their dad, and the car turned around a bend in the road, and the house and the pelicans lost sight of them as the family headed off on their next adventure. The pelicans flew back to Locker, who was standing still and quiet on the beach. Hi, Bom-Bom, don't worry about it, said Marg gently. At least you know they're all happy and having a fun time but I wanted to have a fun time with them, sniffed Locker. Yeah, well, you've been having a fun time with us, haven't you? asked Brian. Yes, I suppose I have really, said Locker, brightening a little. But what do we do now? I reckon we head home, said Gary. I reckon we go home, settle in and wait for them to come back. That way you're there ready and waiting for them when they come home. They'll be so happy to see you. And I reckon they'll be happy to see us too, said Brian. I mean, who wouldn't be? Okay, said Locker. Let's go home. It's been fun, but I can't go back around to the other side of the island again. My stilts are pretty tired. Come on, pelicans, hop on. Let's go. And the pelicans found their perch on the veranda once more, and Locker waded back out to sea, pushed herself off the sandy bottom, and swam back across the channel to the mainland. She took one look back at Kangaroo Island as she swam, and made a little wish for her family that they would have a safe and happy time. A little wish for Spike the Echidna, and for Steve the Kangaroo, and for Macy the Koala and hoped that little Macy would be reunited with her family soon. They had the wind at their back on the way home, and before too long, Locker was climbing back across the beach, wobbling through the sand dunes and returning to the little plot of land on which she had been built. Almost effortlessly, as her legs refound the holes from which they had burst forth earlier, the stilts slotted back down deep into the earth with a quiet swoosh, as though the earth had been waiting for her to come back and was welcoming her home. It actually felt good to be back, secure in the ground, back in her place with the view of the dunes and the sea. Magically, as her stilts regrounded, All the glass that had leapt out of her windows when she began walking moulded perfectly back into place. When her family came home, they wouldn't know anything had changed. 
it felt good. And better still, Locker wasn't lonely anymore. She had the four pelicans to keep her company. Gary, Louise, Brian and Marg were very happy with their new abode. Check it out, said Louise. We can sit here on the deck, spot a fish out there, go munch it and come right back. This is the best. Bomb Bomb, you never told us you lived in such a sweet spot. I think I forgot how nice it was, said Locker. It's good to be back. Oh, we're going out for lunch, Bomb Bomb. See you in a bit, shouted Gary. And the four pelicans flew off over the dunes and settled on the water, floating and fishing as Locker watched them from her spot, just in the way she watched over her family when they were playing on the beach in the summer. This is good, thought Locker. I loved my adventure, but I love being home too. Now all I need is my family to come back and all will be well. In two days' time, in the early evening, whilst the pelicans were out fishing, Locker's family drove up the driveway. Hi, Locker, they called out of the open windows as they drove in. We missed you. I missed you too whispered back Locker. Seb and Gwynny looked at each other as they put their holiday bags up on the deck. Did you hear that? asked Seb. Did Locker just say she misses us? replied Gwynny. I reckon she did, said Seb. The family unpacked their holiday things back inside Locker. They had loved their holiday but were also very glad to be home. They made a cup of tea and took it out onto the veranda to sit for a moment before dinner. They had just sat down when the four pelicans came swooping in from the sky to land on the veranda railing. Wow, said their dad, and who do we have here? Seb and Gwynny stared at the pelicans. These are the pelicans that were behind our car on Kangaroo Island that day, said Seb. One of them landed on the roof, said Gwynny. Are you sure? asked their mum. There are lots of pelicans in the world. Totally sure, said Seb. Two big ones and two little ones. Locker whispered, Gary, Louise, Brian and Mark. Their names are Gary, Louise, Brian and Mark, said Seb. Oh, and how do you know that? asked Dad. Locker just told us, said Gwynny. If you listen carefully, Mum and Dad, our house talks. Locker, did you follow us to Kangaroo Island? asked Seb loudly. Were you looking for us at Antichamber Bay? Was that you on the beach we saw? Locker took a deep breath, billowed her curtains through the open windows and said, Yes, I missed you. I wanted to go on holiday too. And although I didn't quite meet up with you, I did have a good holiday. I met many friends. And I hope it's okay if the pelicans might stay here with us. Did you hear that, Mum and Dad? asked Winnie. Did you hear Locker talking to us? Um, I'm not sure. Dad? asked Winnie. Well, I'm not sure either. But perhaps next time we go on holiday, these Pelicans will keep Locker company. Or Locker and the Pelicans could come with us, said Gwynny. Wow, 
said Seb. We live in a walking, talking house. A swimming house too, it would seem, said Mum, not able to quite believe it, even though she really wanted to. And a brave house, said Gwynny. We love you, Lockabockagee Kissy Bom Bom. There was a light groan coming from the rafters. A snoring house too, I do believe, said Dad. Well, who would have thought? I do hope Gary, Louise, Brian and Marg don't poop on the veranda. In response, the four pelicans turned around so their bottoms faced the sea, smiled at their new family and tucked their heads under their wings for a good night's sleep. Thank you to all of our listeners. We'd also like to say a huge thank you to Scott, our new Patreon patron. You are a legend and help us keep on keeping on with what we're doing. And thanks to everyone who has left us a review on iTunes recently. You guys rock. Until next time, bye. Bye.